welcome back to Have You Seen It? I'm Maggie, and in this episode, I have three shows to tell you about. Are you ready? Let's go. So as I mentioned last week, this week is going to be the season finale. I will be back in about a month. I'll let you guys know exactly on Twitter and Instagram. If you don't follow the podcast on those platforms and want to stay up to date with when I'll be back or if there's an update with any of the shows that I've covered so far, you can check the podcast out at official HYSI on both platforms. Now for this episode, I mentioned last week that I'm going to go over three shows again. I've done this before with episode 10. And just like that one, I'm going to do it in the order that I like them. So first up is the Japanese thriller Smoking, followed by the Colombian supernatural crime drama Green Frontier, and finally the Austrian dramedy Old Money. We are going all over the world for this episode. And before we start, I usually put all of the links to the websites where I got the information for the shows, the fun facts, and any other information that I don't use my own memory for in the description of the episodes. But because there are so many it won't fit so i'm gonna have to put them just on instagram but i will put them on instagram if you are curious about looking at those and like i said the first show up is the japanese show smoking it was pretty hard finding any information on the creators for this show or really any information about the show but i did find that it was a tv tokyo netflix co-production and it's also based on manga which is a style of comic books and graphic novels in japan They are usually aimed at adults, but some are geared for children as well. Most of you have probably heard of anime, which are often TV shows or movies that are based off of manga, and they're animated like Pokemon or Dragon Ball Z. This show is a real-life version of the manga graphic novel at the same time, meaning they use real people. The novel itself came out in 2015. It was written by Hiroshi Iwaki, and the show was released on Netflix in 2018. There's only one season, and it has 12 episodes, and they're all... 23 minutes each it doesn't say exactly what city the show takes place in i think i know where it might take place based on one of the words that i picked up on but i'll go over that in a couple of minutes when i get to that part but they speak japanese in this show and while there are no audio alternatives there are subtitles available in english spanish simplified chinese traditional chinese and closed captioned japanese the show is rated TVMA and even has its own little disclaimer at the beginning of each show. And it's, this work depicts act of violence, so some scenes may be shocking. And trust me, some of them are shocking. The other disclaimers that Netflix provides are substances, language, gore, smoking, and violence. As far as the cast goes, there are really only four people that you will need to know. And they are Uncle Sabe, who's played by Ryo Ishibashi, and he is the leader of the group. Next is Goro. He is played by Tomomi Mariyama, and he is the muscle of the group. He is a trained mixed martial artist. And then we have Hacho, who's played by Kaneko Nobuaki, and online it says that he's an arms dealer. I don't know about that, but he is the one that always has a gun when they do a job. I don't know if he sells guns, but he's the one that always has one. And last but not least is Hifumin, and he is played by Kayeto Yoshimura. He is the youngest of the group and he specializes in drugs. He's able to make different mixes that help knock out the men that they go after. And like I said, these are the four main people that the show focuses on. There are one or two other characters that pop up a couple of times, but as long as you know these four, you'll be fine. So the Netflix description for smoking is, Seeking a greater justice, a band of homeless assassins flays their human targets and delivers the tattooed skins as proof of a contract fulfilled. 
And the first time we meet the four assassins, they are presenting the tattooed skin to a client. And the action starts right at the beginning of the first episode. We meet them all doing what they do best. Carrying out a contract. And like I said, they all have their own strengths and everything like that. And you get to see that right right away, right at the beginning of the, the show. And every episode is them dealing with a new assignment, a new contract. So there's not much carryover from episode to episode. Plus, they also have to deal with some personal contracts that they want to carry out on their own. But they always end up needing each other's help. And some of the personal things include things from their individual past that happened before they formed the group and little family that they've created, as well as some things that have to do with some friends that they meet along the way that are going through some troubles of their own, and they have to decide if they want to help and get involved or stay out of it. Now, the majority of the people they're dealing with are involved in the underworld of gang activities, drugs, and arms dealing, and they charge each client 10 billion yen for each contract which is $9,186,152 and around 79 cents. If you're like me, then you thought of, why are they homeless? If they're charging over $9 million, why are they homeless? I have no idea. I don't have the answer to that. I have no idea what they do with that money because they live in like an old swimming pool area. Like it, it looks like it was like a public pool and they sleep in like a covered part of it. They collect cans, like they crush the cans, they recycle the cans, I don't know what they do with the money. It's like the most frustrating thing about this show was like, what What do you do with the money? Each contract is over $9 million and you're living in a swimming pool. I don't get it, where's the money? What did you do with the money? Like I said, why they charge so much and still live in a swimming pool is something that I thought about consistently while watching the show. As far as what I liked about the show, it was really everything about it. I liked the gore and violence, which I'm not usually a fan of and was definitely not ready for. Even with the warning that the show has at the beginning, I was not ready. I also liked the fact that they had their own little family. Even if they are assassins, they've created their own family with Uncle Sabe being the father figure and the others all being brothers. And even though they fight with each other, and they do argue, I think Goro almost crushes Hacho's head like twice with just his bare hands. But they always end up needing each other and like they are always there for each other even if they have gotten into a fight and there is one pretty big fight that does happen between them. The only thing I didn't like was that the episodes were only 23 minutes long. I wish there was more of this show. I don't know if there's going to be a second season. I do know that there was more to the graphic novel series so hopefully they add more episodes because I really liked this show. And like I said, I think 23 minutes sometimes is just too short for a show. And I feel like if they had just given us a little bit longer episodes, even like a 28 minute episode would have been better. I just 23 minutes is just so quickly. You start the episode before you know it, you're it's done. So that's the only thing that I really didn't like about it. The only thing that stood out to me is that they call nursing homes rest homes there. But other than that, nothing else really stood out. And like I mentioned earlier, I think I know where the show takes place based off of one of the words I picked up, and it's the word Maido. And I'm going to put these words up on Instagram so you can see what they look like written in Japanese. But it means hello in the Osaka dialect, often called Osaka-ben, which is spoken in the city of Osaka, which is located in the Kensai region of Japan, which is in the southwest part of the country, and it's Japan's second largest city behind Tokyo. 
So either the show takes place there or Hacho, who said the line, is from Osaka. But that was the only hint that I found in the show of where it might take place. And of course, I didn't know any of this until after watching the show and double checking the meaning of the words. Maybe they do tell you exactly where it takes place. I couldn't figure it out or I didn't pick up on it. If you do watch the show and it does say exactly where it is, please let me know on Twitter. The next word was the word for big brother and is aniki. Now I will say that the subtitles at times have this word meaning hey, but that's just not right. It means big brother. And I think it's kind of like he's trying to get his big brother's attention. So the same way that you would say like someone's name, that's what he's that's why he's saying it like that. But it's not actually hey, it's it's big brother. The last word is the word sumimaisen, and it means excuse me. And it was used in the first episode by a woman who's like knocking on a door looking for someone and there's no answer. So she's kind of just yelling it out, sumimaisen. So again, those are Maedo, Aniki, and sumimaisen. Those are the only ones that I was able to grab while watching the show. If you guys are able to pick up any, again, let me know on Twitter. Overall, I really did enjoy this show. And like I mentioned, I want them to do a second season because I would absolutely watch it. And the good thing about a show like this is that there are a million different storylines that they could cover because of how it's set up, while still sticking to those underlying storylines that tell you how each character got to where they were, which were also very, very good in this show. Now, for the next show, it is the Colombian supernatural crime drama Green Frontier, and in Spanish, it is Frontera Verde, which just means Green Frontier. The limited series is a Dynamo Productions production and was released on Netflix on August 16th, 2019. It was created by Diego Ramirez Shrimp, Mauricio Leva Koch, and Jenny Ceballos. Like I just mentioned, it is a limited series, so there probably won't be a second season, or if there is, it might have nothing to do with the first season. But there are eight episodes, and they're all between 30 and 48 minutes, but most of them are closer to 40 minutes. The longest one being the seventh episode, and the shortest one being the eighth episode. But the show takes place in the Amazon rainforest right by the Colombian-Brazilian border. It doesn't say exactly what the name of the village is, or again, if they did, I didn't pick it up. I believe they filmed the show in Leticia, Colombia, which is the southernmost town in Colombia. They primarily speak Spanish in the show, but they also speak a bit of Tacuna, which is a language spoken by about 50,000 people in Brazil, Peru, and Colombia. It is the native language of the Tacuna people who are indigenous to those areas. Today, they have the largest population of any Amazonian peoples. And the main reason for that is because they lived away from waterways and were more inland, meaning that they had less contact with other groups of people and meaning that they were less affected by disease and the violence that came with the colonization. I'm not saying that they didn't suffer because the show mentions one of the ways that they suffered greatly, and that was during the rubber cultivation in the late 19th century. The Takuna were taken as slaves, and they show in the show what happened to some of the slaves and how they were treated. So I'm not saying that they didn't suffer, I'm just telling you why they are the most populous group today. And that's because the diseases that wiped out huge amounts of indigenous people did not reach them to the same degree because they were not easily accessible as a group of people. Another indigenous language that they speak is Mori Hitoto. They don't speak a lot of it, but they do speak some, so that's why I'm mentioning it. They also speak Brazilian Portuguese, and there are one or two scenes with German, but the two languages they speak the most are Spanish and Tacuna, and I believe they do tell you when they are speaking Tacuna. Next to the subtitles, they'll mention it. 
Now, as far as the audio alternative, the only one that's there is the audio description option in Spanish. Again, that's for visually impaired individuals. And the subtitles are available in English, closed caption English, French, simplified Chinese, traditional Chinese, and closed caption Spanish. I will say that there are some differences between the two English options. I used the regular one and not the closed caption one, but I believe the closed caption is the default option. Now, this show is rated TVMA, and the disclaimers that Netflix gives are nudity, language, and smoking. I would add that there is a sex scene. I know that could be included in nudity, but I just want to make sure. To me, there's a difference between just nudity and sex scenes. And there's also a bit of violence at times throughout. Now for the cast. To stay away from spoilers, I'm just going to mention five of the characters that play the bigger roles in the show. There's some more significant roles in the show than some of the ones that I'm going to mention, but that's a spoiler, so I'm not going to talk about them. The first one is the main character. That is Helena Poveda. She is a CTI agent and lives in Bogota, Colombia. She's played by Juana Del Rio. Next is Ronaldo Bueno. He is an officer with the local police force and he helps Helena with the case that she sent to work on, which I'll talk about in a minute. And he is played by Nelson Camayo. Next is Use. She is one of the five missionaries that are found murdered and leads Helena on a wild ride to figure out why she was murdered. And she's played by Angela Cano. Then we have Yua, and he is an indigenous man that helps Helena along the way. He is played by Miguel Denicio Ramos. The last one I'll mention is Subcomisario Ivan Uribe. He is Ronaldo's superior. Subcomisario means deputy commissioner, by the way, in Spanish. And he is played by Andres Castaneda. I wish I could mention more of the characters and even go into more detail about these ones. But this show has a lot of spoilers, which is the main reason I couldn't do a full episode about it. So I'm going to leave the characters there. If you want to know who they are, if you want to know more about them, I guess you're just going to have to watch the show. This is when I usually mention the Netflix description, but I think it actually gives too much away for the show. So instead, I'm going to mention one that was in a Deadline.com article written back in 2017 by Denise Petsky. And it is, the as-yet-untitled series will follow a young detective and her partner deep into the Amazon on the border of Brazil and Colombia to investigate a series of bizarre murders. They soon realize that there's more mystery to the jungle than the deaths, as they encounter an enigmatic indigenous tribe with an incredible secret that they will take great risks to protect. I know that's kind of long, and if you need to jump back and re-listen to it again, that's fine, but it doesn't give away as much as Netflix one does, and it still gives you a good idea of what the show is about. And also, Ronaldo is not exactly her partner, because she doesn't meet him until she lands in the nearby village. They do work together, but I don't think that would be a partner. But this description was given two years before the show was released, so maybe they were initially supposed to be partners and then they decided to change it. I'm not sure but that was the best description I could find that didn't give away some spoilers. But the show opens with a voiceover by Yua, and it does tell you that with the subtitles, though you don't know who he is at first, but the camera is moving slowly through the woods, and it comes across the body of a woman who's laying on the ground, dead, with a spear in her back, and then it continues to show the body of a second woman, and then a third, and then a fourth. And as the camera is moving, Yua is talking about a white demon that's come through and how sorry he was to Mother Earth. And he, you know, gives a little bit more information, but that's all I'm going to tell you. I think the camera represents his point of view as he discovers the bodies. I could be wrong, but that was the feeling that I got while watching the show, was that you were seeing what he saw as he came across the bodies. 
But then we see Helena in a helicopter on her way to the village. She doesn't look too happy about flying all the way out there, but when she lands, she's greeted by a bunch of people from the village. And then Ronaldo meets her at the helicopter, and then he takes her to the bodies. Now, in order to get to the bodies, they have to take a boat to get there. And it takes quite a while together that just shows you how remote this area is and how difficult it is to get around here. Like, I'm not talking the edge of the rainforest, I'm talking the middle of the rainforest. There's not many roads to drive on here. But as they're making their way to the bodies, Ronaldo says that they believe it was one of the uncontacted tribes that live in the area. And she asks why they believe that. And he says it's because they were killed with arrows and spears. And that only happens when an individual comes in contact with an uncontacted tribe. Very rarely do the other tribes kill in that manner. And when they arrive at the bodies, Helena isn't happy that they've moved the bodies from where they were first found, but the deputy commissioner, Uribe, who was there, says that they had to do it because of the humidity. And then he tells her that the bodies were found by some kids and that they were missionaries from Eden's Church, which is a missionary church located on the other side of the border in Brazil. And then she asks about crime scene photos. And then again, the deputy commissioner says, they don't have cameras and he just took it on his phone so she was like all right give me your phone and he's like no she's like give me your phone and eventually he gives her her phone and then she says she wants to go over the crime scene again and he says that they've already done that and when she asks if they've gone over the entire area he says no because they were more worried about cooling down the bodies and now it's getting late and you don't want to get stuck out there when the sun goes down so he's not going to do that so helena says that he and his men can leave if they want to but she's going over the entire area and she does that, she's reading the environment, she can tell that they were running from whoever killed them. And it's what she discovers after this that leads to the true storyline of the show, which I'm not gonna mention. This show has a ton of spoilers in it. I wish I could do a full episode talking about it and going in depth because there is a lot of layers to this show, but I don't wanna ruin any of them for you guys. I will say that this show has time jumps throughout from the past to the present, and they go back and forth and they very rarely, if they even do it at all, tell you when the time jumps happen. So you have to keep that in mind because it can get a little bit confusing at times. Also, they mention two main tribes, the Nai and the Arikaura tribe. As far as I could tell from doing some research online, these are not real tribes. I've spent hours looking for any mention of them and couldn't find a single one. I've read so many lists about the indigenous tribes, indigenous people of Brazil, Colombia, Peru. I even did the other countries in South America as well, just to make sure. But I couldn't find any mention of either of those tribe names, even on the list of extinct indigenous tribes of the area. So if you know otherwise, please let me know on Twitter. This is the type of stuff that I really do like knowing when watching a show. I like to know if it's they're real or not. I don't think they are. Just like I don't think the village is a real name of the village. But like I said, if you know otherwise, please let me know. Now for my likes and dislikes, I loved the way this show was shot. It was shot in 4K, which I know most of you probably won't know what that means, but it's the quality of the graphics, I guess is the best way that I could probably describe it. But it's the best that a show can be shot in today, I believe. The landscapes in this show, first of all, the Amazon rainforest is beautiful. And this show does a beautiful job of picking it up. Some of the shots were absolutely breathtaking. And at times I felt like I could feel the humidity that they were feeling. Like just watching them sweat made me like feel like I was like, oh man, I can feel it. 
I know I'm nowhere near you, but I like I can feel that humidity. Jesus. It was probably the b most beautifully shot show that I've watched so far, in my opinion. And there have been some stunning shows. But this one, I, in my opinion, is by far the best. I also like that they spoke in some languages spoken by the indigenous people of the area. Like I mentioned, I don't believe that the Nai and the Yarakawa tribe are real. But the Takuna language is real. And the Takuna people, like I said, are real people. So I really did like the fact that they used... The native language similar to the show frontier the canadian show that i mentioned they spoke in cree which anytime that happens no matter where it is i just i always enjoy that i was also happy that i was able to grab two words from that language but i'll talk about those in a little bit but my favorite thing about this show was the message it was sending about how we need to protect our earth and take care of it because without it we are literally nothing and if we don't start taking care of it, we will not be able to survive for much longer. It's a message that I think every person needs to hear over and over and over again until people start taking it seriously. And I just thought this show did a beautiful job explaining it and showing the reasons why it's important without shoving it in your face. Now, for some things that I didn't like about the show, once again, they show people throwing up. Why? If someone can give me a legit answer to why they do that, I would love one. Because I just don't get it. I don't see any any need for it. I don't get it. Now, a legitimate dislike is that I felt like it could have been done in four or five episodes instead of eight. I just think it dragged at times. Also, the fact that the last episode was only 31 minutes. I don't know many shows that have the last episode be the shortest, especially with the way the show ended. I feel like it should have been at least an hour long because I have so many questions. I'm going to be honest, I'm not a fan with how it ended. I think it takes away from the show, especially with it being a limited series, which like I said earlier, will probably not have a second season. I'm glad I watched the show and I would definitely urge you guys to watch it because one, you might have a different opinion about the ending, but even if you end up watching it and agree, I think it's still a good enough show to absolutely watch despite the ending. If you do watch this show, let me know what you think about it and if you would do something different, if you wish there was something more. Also, if you wish the ep last episode was longer because when it ended, I was like, wait a minute, that's it? Like every other episode's 10 minutes longer than this and you're cutting it off here like I, to me that was probably the biggest fault of the show was that the last episode was only 31 minutes long now as far as things that stood out to me the only thing that grabbed my attention was that there was a map of massachusetts in one of the episodes again if it has anything to do with massachusetts i will notice and i noticed the map you probably won't i don't even remember exactly when the map pops up but it definitely pops up and i i went oh that's Massachusetts. I think it says Massachusetts on the map. But anyways, words and phrases. Before I get into some of the Spanish slang that I picked up, because remember, I already speak some Spanish, so I knew most of what was being said, but I did pick up some Colombian slang. But before I get to that, I want to mention the two Takuna words that I picked up while watching the show. The first one is nenate. The subtitles, it's spelled N-E-N-A hyphen T-E, and it means tree. And the other is Nei. Again, according to the subtitles, it's spelled N-E-Y hyphen E, and it means mother. So, tree, nenate, and mother, nei, 
in Takuna. I was pretty happy, like I mentioned, that I was able to grab not one, but two words. Now for the Colombian slang. The first one is the word buenas, spelled B-U-E-N-A-S, which is a way to say hello. And it comes from buenas dias, buenas tarde, or buenas noche, which mean good morning, good afternoon, and good night, respectively. So it is kind of obvious if you understand Spanish where that comes from, and it's also not super impressive. And I also already knew that in Mexico, when they answer the phone, they say bueno. So again, not super different, but I didn't know that they did that in Colombia. So I'm counting it as learning a new form of slang. The next slang word is kiobo, which is spelled Q-U-I-U-B-O. And it's the contraction of the phrase keobo, spelled Q-U-E space H-U-B-O. And that means what was or what was there. And it's the equivalent of what's up in English. And while it is used in several South American countries as well as in Mexico, it is most popular in Colombia, Venezuela, and Panama. And there are slightly different ways to spell it depending on what country you're in, but we are going to go with Q-U-I-U-B-O. Again, Kiobo. Next is the word malparido, spelled M-A-L-P-A-R-I-D-O. And it is translated in the show as meaning motherfucker, but Google Translate says it means bastard. I believe the literal translation mal parido means bad birth. Mal means bad, and I believe parido is birth or delivery. So it is sometimes used to mean miscarriage as well, but it's often used as a swear word in Colombia, meaning motherfucker. So it's an insult. It can be used as a friendly term. I wouldn't risk it. I would just stick with an insult. So don't say it unless you mean to insult somebody. But that's the word malparido. The last word I want to mention is used a lot in this show, and it is the word puta, spelled P-U-T-A. And it has a lot of meanings, bitch, whore, prostitute, slut, hooker, tramp. And it can also be used as an interjection, like the way we use the word fuck, as can the male version of the word. Now, I do want to say that the male form of this word is infamous among international soccer fans because of the way it's used primarily at Mexican soccer games. It's not used only at Mexican soccer games, but that is that is what most people know it for. And it became a huge controversy at the World Cup in 2014, and it led to Mexico's Soccer Federation being fined $10,000 at the 2018 World Cup after fans chanted the word after being warned several times not to. The actual translation is male prostitute, but it's usually used as a homophobic and offensive term towards gays. I'm not going to say it, and I would advise against anyone saying it at all because it will most likely not be taken well, and I wanted to mention it just in case anyone innocently says it and they wonder why they ended up getting punched in the face. So I would, again, avoid saying the male version of that, but, but those are the slang words that I was able to pick up. Overall, I really did enjoy this show. It wasn't my favorite. But I really did like it, and like I said, I think it has a beautiful message that can be taken away from it. If they did a second season and it had to do with the first one, I would definitely watch it because I have questions that need answers. And if it had nothing to do with the first season, I mean, I would probably watch it eventually, but I wouldn't be jumping to do so like I would if there was a second season of Smoking. Just being honest, that's how I felt about the show. I would still say definitely go give it a try. It's still really, really good. Now, the last show that I'll go over is the Austrian dark dramedy Old Money. In German, it is Altes Geld. 
It is a super film and Usterreichersad Rudfuck production. And it was first released on ORF's online platform Flimit in 2015. And then on ORF Ains in Austria at the end of the same year. And it has been aired in Germany in 2016 on RTL Crime and the International Film Festival Rotterdam in 2016 as well. It is now available on Netflix. There is one season with eight episodes and the episodes are all about 40 to 50 minutes. The show takes place in Vienna, which is the capital of Austria. They speak German in the show and there are no audio alternatives and there are only subtitles available in English. The show is rated TVMA, and the disclaimer that Netflix has are just nudity and language. Some of that language does include derogatory terms, so keep that in mind. It's not just swearing. And there is a sex scene in this show as well. And if being weird is a disclaimer, this has the highest rating of weirdness I've ever seen. Now, before I get into the cast and the plot of this show, this is going to be quick. And I mean real quick. I can't really go too in-depth about this show again there's a reason that it's in this episode and not it have its own full episode there's like nothing i can talk about with this show other than the main storyline which is like super easy to describe but i'm mentioning this show because i need you guys to watch this show okay i'll get into it a little bit more but i just wanted that little disclaimer of my own for this part if this part is longer than 10 minutes i've messed up somewhere or i've just started rambling and just didn't edit it out but this should be real quick okay so for the cast for the show i'm going to mention the family first there are five main family members the first one being rolf rockensteiner he is the head of the family and he is played by udu Kier. then we have lian she is his second wife she is played by sunny Mellis. now for the children the oldest is zeno and he is from rolf's first marriage he is played by nikola ofcharik and the other two are both Rolf and Lyans, and they are Jakob, who is played by Manuel Ruby, and Jana, who is played by Nora Barstenten. They are twins. Now, for the other characters that play a part in the show, first is Tanya. She is Zeno's girlfriend, and she's played by Itia Malaptich. Then it's Kirsten Bachman. She is Jakob's girlfriend. She is played by Joanna Schwedfigar. Next is Martin. He is Yana's friend. We'll call him a friend. She calls him a friend. She, he's Yana's friend. And he's played by Florian Teichmeister. The last two I'll mention here is Herwig Bronner. He is Rolf's assistant and he's played by Thomas Stipsitz. And Dr. Schrober. He is the family doctor and he's played by Cornelius Obonia. Like I said, it's going to be quick. Going to be real quick. Now, the Netflix description is backstabbing, blackmail, and revenge consume the dysfunctional family of a wealthy patriarch as they compete to find him a new liver at all costs. And as weird as that sounds, this show is even weirder. There are some weird-ass storylines in this show, and somehow the family fighting over who will get Rolf the liver first is not one of them. Like, that's the most normal storyline of all. Like I said, the reason I'm mentioning this show is because it's so bizarre that I need people to watch it so that I can at least talk about how weird it is with one person. The show is about the fact that the head of the Rochsteiner family is dying and he needs a new liver, right? So the description says, and because of this, because of the fact that he's now 
finding out that it's going to be very hard for him to get a liver because he's not on the top of the list and the politicians that he knows will not put him at the top of the list he has to call a family meeting which doesn't happen very often and not only is he calling a family meeting but he's also requesting that all of his children be there for the meeting which definitely doesn't happen and really the only one that actually needs to come a long way is Jakob who I believe is in Africa volunteering with his girlfriend Kirsten he has to come home from there though he doesn't want to in fact he wants nothing to do with his father or even his family for that matter for a couple different reasons one is a legit reason and the other one is one of the weirder reasons in the show like I don't know why it was necessary to add it in at all but when his mother calls him he doesn't even want to answer the phone but Kirsten convinces him to do so and then she tells him about his father and he's like yeah okay cool what do you want me to do and then she's like I want you to come home and he's like no and then again Kirsten somehow convinces him to actually go home and when the whole family's together the weirdness really takes off I mean it's weird before they all get together but it really takes off after that there are some other storylines that play a part in the show it's not just them trying to find a new liver there is so much going on at the show but the one about the liver is really the only one I can talk about because of spoilers again this is a show that has a ton of spoilers I mean maybe some of them are, are super obvious to you guys I don't want to mention any just in case they're not for some but that's really the only one that I can talk about like I said and, and I can't even really go that in depth about that because there's just so much to this show the fact that there's only eight episodes to this show and they are able to pack in as much weirdness as they do is mind-blowing to me it's it really truly is mind-blowing to me the thing I like the most about this show was that it made me feel a lot better about my dysfunctional family seriously if this show doesn't make you feel at least a little bit better about whatever family issues you have then hopefully you're seeing a therapist because if your family compares to this family at all please go seek a therapist because Jesus Christ this family is dysfunctional is a very kind description of this family like I said my family's dysfunctional that family is thank god it's a fake family because if this was based on a real family holy shit the thing I didn't like about this show was how weird it got at times mainly because it was hard to keep track of all the weird shit going on and also because I felt like 90% of the weird shit was unnecessary like I don't understand why they decided to do some of the weird shit that they did like I wonder if they just sat there and they were like all right let's add something else that's weird let's just keep adding as much weird stuff as we possibly can and just make this show really wild because it at times that it's wild the only thing that really stood out to me was that at one point they wear an Angela Merkel mask she's the Chancellor of Germany for those that don't know so it's kind of like when shows here wear Hillary Clinton or Bill Clinton masks that's what they wear I actually did think it was Hillary at first and then for some reason I was like wait that's not no that's definitely that's definitely Merkel why they chose to wear Merkel masks I don't know but they did but other than that nothing else really stood out to me now I have been to Vienna and I felt like I recognized some of the buildings but I couldn't be a hundred percent positive so I can't be like oh this building here and that building here some of them I felt like looked familiar especially when they're driving around the city but yeah knowing that I've walked by some of those places was pretty cool but other than that nothing else really stood out to me 
So now for some German phrases that I picked up while watching this show. There were only two, because I think I was so thrown with how weird it was that I wasn't really focusing on exactly what they were saying. But the first one is the phrase lick me, the literal translation being lick me, but it was used as fuck you, and it's spelled L-E-C-K space M-I-C-H. And the other phrase is the phrase for goodnight, and it is guten Nacht. And it's spelled G-U-T-E space N-A-C-H-T. So again, only two phrases for this one. I wish I was able to get more, but I am happy that I was able to add another way to say fuck you or fuck off to someone. And I believe that makes it eight different languages. And I won't be truly happy until I can say that in at least ten languages. But I'm getting there. Slowly but surely, I will get there. Now, like I said... This show was going to be really, really quick. It was really, really quick. Overall, I've said it probably about a hundred times when talking about this show. I thought this show was so weird. It was one of those shows where you pause it and you're like, okay, wait a minute. What the, what just happened? Okay, like, but the weirdness of it is the main reason I'm mentioning it. Because I do know that there are going to be some people out there that enjoy watching weird shows. And this is the show for you. I need someone else to watch the show. I think I'm going to make my mom watch the show just so that I have somebody to talk to about it. Um, I honestly don't know if I liked it or not. If I'm being honest, I really truly don't know if I liked it or not. I think if they did a second season, I would watch just to see how weird it was. Like, I don't see them doing a second season because of how it ended and because it's been five years, but who knows. But if they did... I would need to watch to see if it matched the level of weirdness that this season had because I can't imagine or I don't want to imagine how much weirder it could get. But like I said, I really don't know if I liked it or not, but I did watch it for this podcast and after watching it, I was like, no, the world needs to know that this show exists. Please, please go watch this show. Um, That's all I have for you guys for this episode. These shows all deserve to be watched for different reasons. I'm definitely glad that I did watch them. I hope you at least give them a try. As I mentioned earlier, this is the last episode for this season. I feel weird calling it this season, but I know that's technically how they're described. But anyways, I will be back in about a month with all new shows and mostly new countries. I might double up on some. But I will try not to do that. I will try to keep it to all new countries. There are tons of countries out there with tons of shows. There's really no need for me to double up on any. Who knows? I hope you are all safe and healthy and that you all have a wonderful day, a wonderful weekend, and a wonderful month. I will see you all in June. Bye.